Welcome to the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk to real gym owners and share their stories, their trials, and what's working for them right now. To apply to be a guest on this podcast, click the link in the description. Hope you enjoy and subscribe. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I'll be your host today. My name is Emily Newton, and joining us on this show is Rosie from Fit Warriors, Fit Warriors Studio. How are we doing today? Good morning. I'm doing awesome. Thank you. Glad to hear. Glad to hear. So really excited to have you on the show today. But before we dive into the nitty gritty of what you have going on at Fit Warrior Studio, please tell us a little bit about how you describe your business and what made you want to start your gym in the first place. So my business, we are a small boutique fitness studio. It's FIT, which stands for Fearless Improvement Transformation. And we are a small group but it's almost like personal training. So it's a little fitness community with like-minded people that share a common goal. And we are just a small feel vibe. So everybody that comes in here, you know, we know their names. It's very personal. Mm -hmm. And um, how I started this is I just love helping and serving people. I think everybody, um, we all have a a goal, a mission, you know, and I, I believe that my purpose is to help serve people and help them yeah that's pretty cool so I mean where would you say that your your drive to serve your community in this way comes from our people are local I do have people you know I do have people that are national too because we do offer we're a hybrid studio so we offer we have clients that are national as well but most of our people are local Mm mm-hmm so really just trying to figure out ways to give back to the community that's around you? Yes, absolutely. Right. Okay. So tell us a little bit about your personal journey into the fitness industry. You know, it's been, I've been doing fitness for more than half of my life. Um, I started off very young when I was in a group fitness class many years ago. <laughs> And I was kind of put up in the front, you know, it was kind of like an accident. The instructor didn't show up and then somehow you do it. And I got stuck up there and I just really um, started accidentally, but I really mm-hmm. loved that moment. Um, personally, I'm a shy person, but I felt my confidence there. And since then I've been, you know, training, leading, coaching, um, since then, I've done other things in this, you know, industry and other industries. But um, yeah, I've been doing this for more than half of my life. Wow. Yeah. Sounds like you have a pretty long tenure. And also sounds like you had to get a little bit out of your comfort zone um, oh, to get started. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Okay. It's always out of my comfort zone, but it's great. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Okay. So let's say that I were to move to California tomorrow in your city and I'm looking for something that similar to what you have to offer um how would I let you guys exist like what are you doing for your marketing to get new clients in the door you know that's a great question most of our marketing is obviously social media Mm -hmm. Instagram um I started off my YouTube channel but Google we're on Google um but honestly mostly is social media um and the word of mouth our marketing, really everything that we've done here has been the word of mouth. Really? And um, we, it's results. People walk around with results. You know, we are, um, you know, like I said, a small 
group of minded people and everybody kind of like invites their friends and that's how we've been growing. That is, that is awesome to hear. So I guess with the, let's talk a little bit about social media first. Um, are, you, are you posting content? Is this like organic um, or are you using paid advertisement for the social media? Nope, it's all organic. It's okay. day to day, things okay. that happen in our stories, um, testimonials. Um, mm -hmm. And again, people get results and I don't even have to post. People post and they someone else sees it. So that's how the word of mouth starts. And then they just come. Yeah. But we really started, you know, from zero. And that's how we've been able to grow. Yeah. So what is the process like? Let's say I see like one of your transformations on your page. And I'm like, I comment like, hey, what a, what a great transformation. Like, what is the process from converting somebody who's just a follower or engaging on your post to a customer? So the first thing I do, it's I, I'm very personable. You know, I I want to meet you, you know, so I, I schedule a meeting, um, you know, with COVID, everything was kind of crazy. So I still offer Zoom if someone wants to meet on Zoom. But if I can meet them in person, that's better if they're local. And then from there, I just go down. Um, another thing about me, I'm a health coach. So I you know, in order for me to help you, I want to know more about you, right? And so I'm going to sit there and do a consultation on what you what you need. And um, we talk about not only the nutrition guidance, but it's all about habits, creating those healthy habits. So, and that's where transform comes from. You know, I develop a, a plan, not just the nutrition, but it's also a life plan, so they can follow and then you know when they stick to habits it's easier to get results and actually to keep the results right so i guess that's why our um results are amazing here and so then i meet with them and um you know obviously we go through everything i do you know like the the measurements and all that and then you know they sign up and then i also make sure that every month or every other month, you know, we get together and see where they're at. Because if people aren't getting results, you know, I, I want to make sure they're getting results and they're happy. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So would you say that um, with the process that you have of holding your clients to a high standard with accountability and also all of the other services that you have bundled in there leads to people staying with you for long periods of time? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, people, about and I'm sorry to interrupt you. Some people, you know, in this industry, some people kind of go, but they, you know, they they come back. You know, there's always that. That's how it is in the in the industry, especially, you know, the times with the holidays and people sometimes slack off and, you know, but I, I do keep them accountable. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. So, I mean, with from your perspective, like what is like maybe one or two things that you think help with that client retention accountability okay that's number one you know if people are not accountable you know it's hard you know especially those people that are on their own or they don't have that support system at home so accountability is number one number two of course is results people see results it's and again i'm not just talking about weight loss i'm not i'm of course, weight loss is amazing, but I'm all about mental health as well. So when people feel good and they feel beautiful and they feel confident, obviously they're going to come back, right? And it's also just the personable. That's 
one of the things that makes it difference, you know, I, I know every single person's name, you know, I make sure I make a difference. If I can make a difference for one person, you know, some people come and this is like their happy part of their day. So I want to make sure that everybody feels welcome and, um, you know, feel like part of the community. <laughs> gotcha. So do you have, do you have like systems in place? Are you using um, some type of like CRM to kind of manage the clients that are coming in and who's coming to what class? Does that make Nothing sense? Yet. Nope, not, not yet. I'm, I'm okay. looking into that. Yes. Yeah. Okay. That's good to hear. Um, so next question for you is like, what is your, as a business owner, like what is your day-to-day -day look like? Or let me reframe, like what are the most important things that you do during the day to grow your business? So I do obviously the small group classes and then I do also semi-private training. Mm -hmm. But when I am not um, here or doing anything, I'm usually um, creating content. Okay. So that is again for, for my social media. If I do any, I do blogs, I do things outside of here. Um, you know, again, that relates to my business. I also have a segment on the local channel. So I, I create content for that. But it all relates to the business. So I'm always um, working on how to better ourselves. I'm also educating myself to be a better, a better leader, a better person, a better, you know, um, with other coaches as well, you know. So I'm always developing. Always developing, always growing. Love to hear that. Mm -hmm. So with the, the segment that you mentioned, is it like um, on the local news or something like that? You say you're creating content? Yeah, I create, I develop. Um, so that was an opportunity that um, came from COVID because everybody, you know, we were on lockdown and um, I do things for the community and any, anyway, so um, I reached out or they reached out and they needed someone to keep people moving. So, because everything was on lockdown. So I started doing a home workout um, and I'm on there every Monday morning and I just do workouts. And so I, you know, I create the workouts. I make sure I practice and all that, you know, cause I go on live. So I offer tips, I offer nutrition or any tips, you know, um, anything that helps people moving, you know, and it's all kinds of workouts. It's not just like, you know, what I do here. Sometimes I offer workouts for kids. Sometimes I offer um, workouts for seniors. Mm -hmm. um, I'm a specialist for seniors as well. So, you know, during COVID, when all the seniors were literally on lockdown, you know, I helped people keep moving. So that's been a blessing. And, um, yeah. but I want to make sure, you know, I just keep it going and yeah. just make sure it's fresh all the time. Yeah. So let me, let's talk a little bit about the lockdown. Um, you made it through. Congratulations. Glad you're here. Um, how, how did you have to adapt and change when COVID hit? Oh, my goodness. That was a great question. <laughs> That's why we're warriors. So um, we actually moved in um, to the facility a month before COVID, um, not knowing, obviously, that it was going to happen. And then um, so... From there, you know, COVID happened and immediately, I remember the day, I think it was March 17th, immediately I went virtual. So, mm -hmm. you know, because we have no choice and I, I was on a mission. I'm like, I'm not going to stop. I can't. So right after that, we got broken into. 
because, you know, everything was kind of alone in the parking lot. We got broken into and then I'm like, I can't do this. I really can't. So what I did is I kept people safe and I started bringing people back, but we were all outside. So my whole programming changed because I had to make sure that nobody was sharing equipment. I had to make sure that people were social distance. Um, So I made everyone, I just said, okay, we can do this. Everybody has to bring their own dumbbells. Everybody has to bring their own mats. So our community, our gym literally grew. I mean, there was times we were about 85 to 90 people outside um, early in the morning. Uh, One, because everybody was in prime lockdown. So people just wanted to move and they actually felt safe because we were outside and at a very social distance. I never required masks either, but Mm -hmm. if people wanted to wear them, I'm like, go for it. So we were doing, um, you know, um, boot camp style classes and it was amazing outdoors. It was like the perfect world, but then winter came and then um, it was again, prime COVID. So I was like, I can't bring people inside yet. And not only that, I outgrew my studio because, you know, I grew quite a bit during COVID. So what I did is um, I called a friend of mine that owns um, the the local roller skating rink. <laughs> and I said, hey, I would love to rent out your facility. And I, I kind of explained what I weigh. You know, he's like, wow. And I said, well, I just can't think of anywhere where I could put at least 50 to 80 people at a social distance, mm-hmm. prime COVID you know, Mm -hmm. where people needed to be social distance, you know, so I did. So we were, um, we were hybrid. Um, We were in the parking lot a couple days when it was really cold, we would go to the roller skating rink and I was off also offering online. So, so I had quite a bit of pivoting, you know, we were outside, we were at the roller skating rink. And then when things start settling, you know, people started um, going back to their home gyms, which is fine because I always, I gave all those people a home. Um, You know, we came back to the studio where, when people felt safe, it's been quite a pivoting and interesting in our industry for sure. Yeah. yeah. Um, From your story. um, Great point. Just lots of uh, unexpected because nobody knew COVID was going to, you know, hit and especially like shut, you know, most of the world down. so now we're kind of entering this post-pandemic era. How, how how are things going now? Like, how have you recovered from everything? You know, it's been great. Um, like I said, I feel like this last year, there was there still has been the pivoting because people were still, some people were still a little scared. Some people are still scared, I think. Some people, you know, but I did find that online is a great option. I still have clients that love the online. They bought all their equipment at home. So they just enjoy getting online. Um, But we have, I mean, obviously we've survived. Um, There's not like 80 people in a class like it was because, Mm -hmm. you know, people went back to their gyms and stuff, but we are good. You know, we have a a smaller community um, and we have been able to adapt. I've been finally able to go back to what I was doing, which is like circuit functional training again, because during COVID there was no, no switching equipment, no touching nothing. No, it was just (laughs) crazy. So now it's kind of nice that we're back to our regular equipment. So, so we're, we've been able to 
kind of like readapt. I still feel like we're still adapting and adjusting. Really? Mm-hmm. Hmm. What makes you say that? Um, again, people come and go. People um, just like last week, people were still, some people were sick, you know, and then, and it's not COVID, it's other things, but I feel yeah. like things are different, you know, yeah. but, but yeah, we've been, we've been good. It's been a blessed year for sure. That is good to hear. So let's talk a little bit about the future and, you know, the vision that you have for Fit Warriors Studio. So let's say we fast forward a year from now, December 22nd, 2023, 2000, yep, 23. Um, what would you want your business to look like 365 days? From Continue growing. You okay. know, but I still love what we have right now, the the not when I say small community, it doesn't mean like we're tiny small, but we keep that community, you know, that community vibe. We don't want to be, you know, 3000 people or anything like that, or that's not really what my vision is because it's more personable, but yes, grow, um, offer more quality, you know, and not quantity. I'm all about that. Um, and then, um, you know, also in the wellness part, you know, for me, I have other visions that I, I, I'm working on, you know, I'd love to have my podcasts and, and just continue growing in that as a wellness professional mm-hmm. but for the studio, for sure. It's just, um, you know, growing. Yeah. Do you see yourself, uh, bringing on other trainers as well? Yeah, I do. I actually already started bringing, I have a few, um, few coaches that, so it's um, about four of us right now. It's mostly me, okay. but, but yeah, continue growing. And, you know, as the people have been starting to come back, you know, we just kind of cater to what they love. Absolutely. Well, one more question for you before we wrap things up here on this episode, thinking back to when you first started in the fitness industry, what is one piece of advice that you wish you had? that I wish I had? Mm-hmm. Mm, that's a great question. Um, well, I guess I would have like, you know, learned to pivot before I had to pivot because I just never knew all this was going to happen. Yeah. But I guess also being um, spontaneous is good because I had to figure it out no matter what. Um, also advice, you know, reaching out to mentors or other business people, you know, at first I, I, I did try to do everything on my own and then I figured, no, I, I really need help, you know? And, and so that has been good and just accepting like, okay, I gotta, you know, enable to grow. I, I need to do what I need to do. So I guess advice, it would be that. Yeah. Very well said. Um, now, please tell our listeners where they can find you. So they can find me on my website. It's um, fitwithrosie.com, fitwithrosie.com. And then also they can find me on like the segment on TV. Um, it's if you go to kmph.com, you can go to home workouts and all my segments are going to come up um, online. We are Fit Warriors by Celia. And um, I'm also, I have an Instagram also like a fitness and wellness. It's Ross Fit Warrior. And yeah, so they can reach out to us and, and I'd love to help them out online or in person. 
All righty. Sounds good. Well, thank you so much uh, for your time and contribution to the podcast today. And we're really looking forward to seeing what you're going to accomplish down the road. And maybe we'll even have to bring you back uh, for a second show to see how things have grown. I so that. yeah, thank you. To everyone who tunes in today, we appreciate you as well. Don't forget, if you want to be notified about future episodes, hit the like and subscribe button. And if you're interested in joining us to talk about your business model within the fitness industry, click the link in the description, fill it out, and our team will be in touch with you soon. And as always, until next time, Jim Lords out. Thank you for listening to this interview, but don't go anywhere. We still have two more incredible interviews coming right up inside this episode. But if you're a gym owner that's looking to get more clients, keep them longer, and make more money, head to the link in the description of this podcast and schedule a free leave your credit card at home consultation with one of our business consultants. You see, here at Gym Launch, we've helped over 4,000 gym owners across the world increase their sales, take home more money, and build the business of their dreams. And it simply starts with a phone call. Click on the link in the description of this podcast to schedule your call today. Now, let's head into the next interview. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Boards Podcast. I'll be your host today. My name is Hannah, and joining us on the show is Ian Glass, owner of Ian Glass Fitness and Hartlepool UK. Welcome to the show, Ian. How are you today? Thank you. Uh, I'm great, thank you. Awesome. And thanks for the opportunity to, to speak to your listeners also. Yeah, we're super excited to hear your story and dive into the business. Um, before we do that, tell us what made you want to start the gym in the first place? What made me want to start a gym? Well, I was always a, a very athletic child. So I was always a, a very thin child. I loved athletics. Uh, I did particularly well in athletics at school. School wasn't for me. Uh, I ended up getting kicked out of school. But I loved athletics whilst I was at school. 400 metres I could do. When I was 13, I would do 400 metres in 60 seconds or less. I absolutely loved athletics. And then when I get kicked out of school, uh, my parents said, like, don't think you are going to be going off the rails and just roaming the streets during the day. And my dad bought me a, a weight bench, an old weeder weight bench. I don't know if you, you're probably too young to remember, but back when I was a kid, you used to get weight sets and the, they were plastic and they were filled full of sand. Mm -hmm. uh, the plates themselves. Yeah, so dad bought me a, a weight bench to keep me, keep me busy and keep me off the streets. Uh, and I took the training and I absolutely loved it. And from that day forward, I said, you know, one day I'm going to open a gym. Mm -hmm. uh, that was, I was 14. Fast forward to the point when I bought the gym and I went up to that point, like I 14, expelled from school at 16, 16, 17. I was very an alcoholic. You know, I was drink, heavily drinking at 16, 17. 18, I signed on benefits. Uh, I don't know what they call it in the States, no, your, your state benefits. Uh, so I'd signed on for benefits then at 18. But I was already quite muscular, so I was already put a, lot of, put a lot of muscle on, so I was already quite big. And one of my friends just happened to be doing nightclub security. He said, Ian, do you want to come do nightclub security? And I was like, oh, fighting and vans. I said, that's not really my thing. He was like, no. He said, you love it, you're a young man. Plenty of female attention. You're going to love working security. So we have very little trouble. Uh, I went and did nightclub security. And the guy who actually owned my gym before I bought it, he worked on nightclub security. Told me he had a gym. Said, why don't you come and train in my gym? So I ended up training this guy's gym. And this guy, I become head of security at the club I was working. And this guy came one night and just said, in, I want to sell the gym. So I said, right, I want it. I had no money. But mm -hmm. I said, I want it. As soon as he said, I'm selling that gym, I said, I want it. Mm -hmm. Breeze the thing at that time, 
I was now obese. Mm -hmm. So I'd end up in a relationship where I'd start eating myself to death, put a lot of body fat on. And at that time that John asked me to buy the gym, I was over 300 pounds and I was probably in the BMI range of 55, 56. Mm -hmm. uh, but it was the fact that I love training. So when he come and said, I'm selling the gym, I said, I want the gym. I'd always said from being 14, I was going to have my own gym one day. And that was the opportunity. So it was a little bit different. No, I, I didn't set out fit and healthy and no, didn't become a personal trainer and morphed into a gym. I was actually doing nightclub security. I was a beast. And the guy that owned the gym said, Ian, I want out. And I said, right, I want in. And that is how I came to have my gym now. That's such a cool story. So how did you get the money to buy the gym? So he said, no, I want to sell the gym. And this was December of 2000. It was Christmas Eve. Mm -hmm. uh, and I said, right, I want to buy it. And he said, right, I'm going to come back to you on Boxing Day, or the day after Boxing Day, sorry, mm -hmm. 27th of December. He said, we'll go through everything then. So in between then, I went on the internet. And back then it was dial-up. So like it used to take you two hours to connect the internet. It wasn't just you can go on your phone. And I was you know, searching for how do you buy a business and what do you ask? Uh, and when he come back, I asked him, so like, how do I know the gym makes its rent? What type of profit and loss does it? And I didn't know, no, I was making all this up, by the way. Like mm -hmm. I was just relaying back to him what I'd read. I knew nothing about profit and loss and profit margins and rents and business rates. And I was just making it up as I was going along. And I said, how do I know this gym actually makes its rent? And he said, right, what we'll do is, he said, we'll sign a contract today with witnesses that mm -hmm. you will pay me X amount of thousands of pounds at the end of February. Well, I'm thinking, well, it's only December, end of December, December 27th. Mm -hmm. End of February, I had to pay him X amount of thousands of pounds. I thought, well, I've got two months to make that money. Mm -hmm. So I literally said, right, sign this contract, give me the keys, see you later. And he left and I changed the locks so no one else could get in. Yeah. It turns out there was 32 sets of keys handed in. You no, know, so he was obviously wanting to be everyone's friend and everyone had keys to his facility, which was crazy. Uh, I changed the locks and by the end of February, I'd made enough to pay him out the business account. I actually had to borrow 500 pound from my dad to finish, finalize the deal. Wow. How did you make that much money in that short amount of time? What were you doing to, to get people in? And so literally in? back back then, January the 1st, 2001, I changed the locks. Uh, he already had a, a, a decent membership base. There was a lot of uh, guys who did the nightclub security trend here. Uh, it was a more of a, a spit and sawdust, bodybuilding, old school type, uh, type gym. And literally, I looked at his membership book and he'd been charging them all memberships and I'd noticed that none of them had paid membership for the last year. Uh, so there was like literally, I think you had maybe 150 people, 200 members. I literally made every single one of them pay membership, the joining fee. This is my gym now, you join my gym. So they all have to pay a joining fee. And I said, right, you all have to pay for either your week or your month up front. You're not paying at the end of the week or the end of the month, you're paying it up front. Uh, I made everyone pay. Genius. Paid in full, getting people who have just been using the gym to actually pay. Then you have that upfront yeah. capital and then you're able to pay him out of that. That's so smart. Him, yeah. yeah I, borrow, I borrowed £500 uh, from my dad, which I didn't know at the time. Uh, my dad only told me this uh, literally two years ago. So on the 20th anniversary of me buying the gym, I'd always thought that 
my dad had borrowed the money from his brother. He had a brother that was more affluent than my dad was. And he mm-hmm. said, I'll get you the money to buy that gym, but it's from Uncle Bill and you are paying him back. And I said, no problem. Borrowed me the 500 quid, I'm paying him back. And I paid him back. And it wasn't until two years ago, uh, over Christmas, New Year, he said, son, I'm proud of you. It's 20 oh. years. And he said, that 500 pound I lent you, you've done amazing with. And I'm like, you didn't lend me it. Uncle Bill lent me. He was like, no, no. He said, it was me. I oh. just wanted you to learn the lesson that if you borrow money, you will pay it back. That's amazing. That's such a cool story. That's so unique. Um, thank you so much for sharing that. So 22 years later, you're still in business. How do you yes. describe the gym now? So what, what do you offer now? How do you describe it? It people? is a personal, uh, sorry, it is a personal fitness business, which means I know every single person that comes in this gym. I know them. I know that not just the first name, but I know the heart, who they, who they are. I know how they think and how they operate and how they feel. They can walk and I look at them and I, I know like they're having a good day, they're having a bad day. Uh, everyone has to have a consultation. So we still have a gym membership so you can you know, sign up and use the gym on your own. There's an upsell to that where I build all the programs and coach and pretty much throw app, app software. Mm-hmm. Uh, but literally everyone has to have a consultation. So it's a fully private members fitness facility, which is now more of... 85, 90% of this business is now coaching. So I coach the people inside it in one way or another, whether that's the upsell from the gym membership. So we call it our VIP gym membership where I will build the workout programs, the nutrition plan. We have a check-in once a week. We know where we can talk and go over their goals and their plans and to keep them on track. Uh, and like I said, then we've got personal training. We've got the, the boot camp for the ladies. We've got the man camp for the guys. Uh, I do intermittently bits of online nutrition coaching with people that are maybe from another gym in town but their gyms don't offer them nutritional coaching so I, I do that as well that's awesome you have like a little bit of everything for like every demographic it sounds like so that's awesome you really cater to everyone um so I'm curious how is it different now you know like 20 years later marketing to people versus when you first started like how how do you get people in the door now well, 20, 22 years ago, it was a case of, no, you had to rely on word of mouth. And right. Word of mouth sort of gets, it gets a bad rap now that, no, you, you can't follow the data to see where it actually came from. Mm-hmm. Uh, word of mouth back then was, no, that was, your, that was your, your gold standard of getting people through your door. Uh, since then, obviously, with the rise of social media, it's easy to be in front of people. But it's, it's easy to be in front of people. It's actually really easy to generate leads, but not all leads are great leads. Not everyone that's looking for a gym is going to be a good fit to work with me. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm very honest. You, you ask anyone in my local area and they'll tell you, like, probably one of the reasons they don't go to this or wouldn't come to this gym is that guy is brutally honest. Like, if you go on there, it's about, you know, if you're asking for help, you're getting results because I'm going to help you. But no, it's got to be honest. So back then, it was a lot of word of mouth. People seen there was a gym, they'd stick their head in, you know, have a training session. Very easy just to pay a, a couple of quid for the day, pay for a week. We don't do that no more. Now it's all monthly subscription. Uh, no, we don't take no cash for the, for the gym coaching business. It's all done by subscription. Uh, so you can't come in and pay for a day or a week no more. Uh, Advertising-wise, marketing-wise, it's generally all done through social media. A lot of organic stuff. I've did all the paid stuff. I've employed agencies to do it. Spent a lot of money, lost a lot of money. 
generated a lot of leads, realized a lot of leads when great leads, uh, a lot of bots now. So we actually use some, some software that will send text messages out, but it will also tell you which numbers were bots, which mm. percentage of the, the data that you put into their software is bots and it comes from Facebook. So mm. we were running a Facebook ad where something like 53% of all our leads were all bots. It was crazy. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, a lot of social media. I, I like Google. I use Google. Another Google Maps. Uh, I update our Google profile. I have an email list. So got a really a decent email list, which I will, after all my hands up, I'm not great with it all uh, being consistent with the email marketing thing. No, I blast some emails out when I think I need to. Something to work on moving forward. Uh, but generally, leads are generated now through through social media, paid and organic. Awesome. Yeah, tell me more about your experience with, with paid Facebook ads. You mentioned like half of them were like bots. Are you creating the ads yourself or are you still paying like an agency or something to... No, so the, the, agents, the agency that we did use, uh, I told them the quality of the leads just built the way good enough. Uh, we'd spent a lot of money on an ad campaign, generate a lot of leads, but then we found out a lot of the leads were bots. Uh, and literally the leads that we then did use, they're pretty much come to nothing. So everything I do now, no, I can write some copy. I know what triggers Facebook's algorithms. It's easy to go into any business's Facebook page. Now I can go on any business's Facebook page and go into the About Them section and find out what ads they're running. If they're running paid ads, I can look at the copy that they've used that's already been approved. Uh, so I still run some paid ads more for just to be in front of people. If I'm thinking I've got a busy period coming up and maybe I'm not going to do as much organic stuff. I like the, I love being out. I live very near a beach, uh, very close to a beach. So I walk walk every morning. I generally make a video or live on a, from the beach on a morning uh, and put that out there. But if I know I'm going through a period where maybe I'm not putting as much organic content out, I run some paid ads just so that I'm still in front of people. So there's still, oh yeah, I still see that guy pretty much on a daily basis on our social media channels. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, definitely social media is, is a blessing now that we have it, but it can also be kind of a time waste if you don't know how to do it right. It can be a huge money pit if you don't know yeah. how to do it. Yeah, so, and I think, yeah. you no, know, again, like, you no, know, with the fitness industry, it's easy to, to look at, how many leads you generate and how many new people you're getting in, how many memberships have you signed up. But what I don't want to do is I've been in this industry that long now. My energy is, is very precious to me. Mm-hmm. So I don't just want people in my gym just because they're going to pay a gym membership, but then their energy isn't a good fit for me. It isn't a good gym. It isn't a good fit for my, for my gym family members as well. This is why I have a consultation with people because I generally am become really good at, judging someone's energy when they come in from just having a conversation with them. So it's easy to generate leads, get people in, sign them up memberships. But I don't want people in that are not a good fit inside of my gym. They're not a good fit with their, their energies. It's not matching what's already here. The maybe's not, not a good fit as in, you know, like a lot of people that uh, sign up for, especially in January, you think a lot of people are going to sign up for gym memberships in January. They have no intentions of doing nothing. Nothing whatsoever. New year, new me. They've been saying it for 10 year, 20 year, 30 year. I cannot have that type of person around me. Mm. You tell me you want to help, I'm going to help you. But you're not going to come here and say, oh, well, you know, I really should lose weight. 
and their health massively at risk and then they do nothing. I, I, I just can't be around that type of, that type of energy. Yeah, I, I totally agree. It's uh, really important to protect your energy, especially as a business owner when you know everything counts on you. You know, you have think to about it, there's, there's pretty much nothing more important than the way we feel. Mm-hmm. Our energy, our health, it's vital. You know, re- across all sections of life. So it's, it's super important that we look after it. Yep, absolutely. I'm curious. So once somebody, you know, clicks on a Facebook ad or they express interest, what happens next? Um, how do you turn them into to a client and, and see if they're so, Yeah, if they, book a, if they click on a, a link, so the selling is some ads running right now. Uh, click. I've got a couple of leads this morning. Click on the, the Facebook ads. I get a notification that there's been leads generated. I'll go straight onto my Facebook ads account manager, pull emails off, put them on my database, email them from my website, uh, try and get them booked in for consultation. Uh, we do have some text messaging software that we I do use sparingly. Again, I've now been building that database up, so now we can you know, drop a text blast just to say, listen, you were in touch not long ago. Are you still interested in maybe doing something with your health? There must have been a reason why, why you clicked on the ad. Uh, some might just turn around and say, listen, didn't mean to click on it. It's sort of auto-filled. No problem. Yeah, that happens a lot. Yeah, yeah um, So you mentioned you have automation set up so that you can email people or text yeah. message them, or do you have to you know, physically type out a message every time you want to reach a lead? Uh, we can do both. We can do both. We can have automations in place. I like to, to vet the leads. So if I get, because obviously I'm dealing with local people, when I get a lead in, the first thing I do is I'll hit their social media up to see if they are a good fit to work with me before they've even came in for a consultation. I've already checked them out. Yeah. I already know I can see whether they've been a tried every other gym in town over the last five years, the type of person that, oh, I'm on my diet, I'm off my diet. Like, I can't stand that old terminology of being on and off a diet. Mm-hmm. No, that's not what we do. We educate people on their on their energy requirements. We look at the habits that drive their life. If I see people that are constantly on and off diets, like they're probably not a good fit neither. So I check them out on the socials before before we get them in. Yeah, that's right. Make sure everyone's a, a good fit and kind of protects the culture of the gym too. Make sure you have yeah, people absolutely. that are support your other members, motivate each other. Yeah, everyone oh, the, wins when it's a- Yeah, the people inside the fitness in, inside my fitness business now are like they're absolutely amazing. Genuinely, like it's funny we tried to make this work yesterday and it didn't work. I got an email this morning. Uh, the gym's just won an award, so we've been voted the best personal fitness business in County Durham in the United wow. Kingdom. Nice. And we got that email. We got that email this morning. Well, last night I just put a post on our social media page where one of my ladies is she's nearly eight and a half stone like that. Uh, the people are amazing here, and it's you not know, about them. I sort of just guide the ship. You no, know, I'm just navigating the routes for them and you know, support them when they need it. But it's about the people, and the people inside this business are amazing. If That's I was amazing. looking for a gym membership, right? I would pay to join this gym just to be around that type of people. Listen, forget okay. the workouts and the nutritional advice. I would join this gym just to be around that type of people because they're amazing. Definitely. Yeah. I feel like when I go to a new gym, like if, if the people around me are working hard and they're motivating me, I'm going to come back as opposed to, you know, a big box gym where just anyone is in there. There's 200 people just on their phones, you know, I so I'm sorry. Like, like, we talk all the time, like our, our gym family members, we talk all the time about everything, vast array of subjects, 
Uh, and I think when you can walk into an environment where you can literally talk to somebody about anything, it's a very special place when you can do that because you know yourself if you've been in and out of gyms. Yeah. Some gyms you'll walk in and no one will even speak to you. Yeah. This gym you can walk in, you're having conversations with people about all sorts. Like, we'll, I sit and just grin sometimes. Like, so if I've got some clients in and maybe some of the guys from boot camp are coming in as they're transitioning over, my guys are finishing the guys are coming in and they're having conversations between themselves. I'll just like sort of sit in a bench and just listen to these conversations going on just with a grin on my face thinking like, wow, this is what we've created to be able to have this type of conversation here. Yeah, yeah. That's a part of the industry, you know, watching people make those connections with each other and building confidence and getting stronger. And yeah, I think that's amazing. So it sounds like you have a great business, obviously just voted one of the best gyms and um, been in business for over 20 years. What's next for the gym? Where do you see it in the next, you know, three to five years? You know what, we should really have a, an online presence and it's not something that I've spent, uh, well, any amount of time on. Uh, we really should have an online revenue. We should have a, we have some app software that we use. So there's no reason why we can't have a, an online community where I'm coaching people online. So that is definitely something that we've, we've got to do. Uh, we have a nutrition store that's part of my gym. So I don't just have my gym. I have a nutrition shop. So I've had my nutrition shop for maybe 12 years. Uh, we launched in a clothing brand which that's trademarks all approved. So the clothing brand's about to launch. Uh, and we've just actually opened, well, I, I've just opened another business, which is sort of in the same street as where my gym is. Mm -hmm. We've opened a healthy takeaway uh, Ooh, called nice. the Gym Grill. So nice. it's sort of morphing into this whole, it's more of a lifestyle brand. I can see they've just been an umbrella company and it's got these smaller companies underneath. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. Yeah, congratulations. Oh, a healthy takeaway. Healthy takeaway. That's awesome. Tell me more about that. So Hartley Pool is one of the most unhealthiest, obese towns in all of the UK. We have a population of between eight and 90,000 people. We have 160 takeaways. This is fast food, seven crap, calorie-dense muck to people. It works out something like for every 500 people there's a takeaway. Now we have this explosion of uh, what they call like fast food dessert places. Mm -hmm. So Artipool has this, this crazy health obesity problem whilst having all these takeaways. And I'm just like, there's no healthy that you can eat in this town, nowhere. And I've been saying it for years, I'm going to open my own place. And then I had the opportunity through my landlord who uh, I have my gym business through, I had the opportunity to purchase what used to be a takeaway. Obviously it was now shut down. But I had the opportunity to go into it and I thought, you know what, I'm doing it. Uh, and again, conversation with the people that come to my gym, that's the guy who's my chef, my head chef, I met him through coming in my gym. He'd booked him for a nutrition consultation. And I told him what my plans were and then he got back in touch and went, you know, I really want to be part of this. I said, it sounds amazing. And it's sort of just then it's, it's snowballed and morphed and then I worked on it, put my attention on it, my energy on it. And then it's, it's grown and now it's, it's open. We've been open uh four month the south fourth month fifth month yeah we've been open five months uh seven fresh produce every day we've got high protein burgers hamburgers uh burritos wraps uh you can go in and get sirloin and rice boxed up with fresh sides and sauces the, the food has been absolutely amazing. Like hats off to the team. Like I do nothing. I'm just the managing director of the company. It's mm -hmm. sort of, it was just my 
brainchild that this is what I wanted to do. Yeah. The team that we've got, the team that built the shop, built the store, fitted it out, the team that we've got working now, uh, they deserve all the credit because the, the food's amazing. Uh, and it's like anything, you no, know, I give it time, attention, focus. We market it right. It's It's got a great opportunity to do something really, really special because, like I said, there is no healthy takeaway, none yeah. whatsoever. That's awesome that you're you're giving that to your community and helping everyone everyone be healthier, giving them that option um, so that they well, have their... No, something that the fitness industry does is it sells exercise and workouts as a fix to the obesity problem, and it's not. I used to be obese, so I know what it took to mm -hmm. go from being obese to being fit and healthy. I lost 115 pounds. I've never regained it back. Pretty much everyone that loses a significant amount of weight regains it back in 36 months. It's been 20 years since I lost 115 pounds. I'm getting it back. And it's not because of exercise. It's because I'll eat. Yeah, I'm honest with myself about my habit set and my mindset that I had then when I was a beast to compare to my mindset, my habit set now. But it's still, obesity is still driven by food. It's driven by overconsumption. Uh, and like I said, when you looked at the, the health of Artipole and then you looked at how many takeaways there was, it's insane. I mean, yeah. no, the council's got to do something to stop putting these applications through to keep opening more fast food joints, more fast food joints. Uh, and I want to do something different. And, you know, it's set up very simple, almost like the big franchise fast food places. You can go in and it's literally, you know, fresh from the grill. So you choose your meat, you choose which rice you want, choose what side, what sauces. It's that simple. We've since added some burgers. Uh, we've done an amazing chicken burger, an amazing steak burger. We've added some Dorito, uh, burrito wraps on. Uh, so the menu's slightly grown, but it's still very simple in the process of like, going and ordering so you just order fresh from the grill choose your side choose your veg and sauces that's awesome yeah that's amazing just even giving people the choice you know i also i live in texas where it's it's similar to that it's a fast food everywhere and you know and it's yeah there really isn't the option to go grab something healthy that's quick and not you know twenty dollars no, i think we just have to look at like no what the giants of the fast food industry have done they've made it very simple for people to go in and just to choose you know what you're getting when you go in you look at the menu board it's very easy to just choose what you want i want to do the same so it was literally my my idea was just fresh from the grill so that you know you either see the chicken or your steak or it's your chicken bag your steak bagger your sides uh your sauces we do have some uh high protein cookie uh protein custard desserts on now as well mm -hmm. uh but still the ordering process is very simple i think then it's just a case of getting people to try i think we've we have messed people's taste buds up so much like we've indoctrinated them to accept this eating heavily processed stuff that when you eat fresh food it tastes completely different yeah. It's a complete different taste sensation. The texture, everything, once you put that fresh produce in your gob, it's completely different to fast food. And we've, we've just got to get people to try it. We've got to get people just to, to open the mindset of like, well, I can still eat a burger and it doesn't have 700 calories in with 55 gram of fat. No, this burger's got 400 calories in, it's got 10 gram of fat, but it's got 45 gram of protein. No, yeah. we've just got to get them once, once they try it. No, they're going to love it. It's just getting them to try it. And I think, no, I don't just want to be the only fast food place in my town. I want others to go, go open more. Mm -hmm. I want to open more eventually. I'd love to open more, but I'd love other people to say, well, what a good idea that was. I want to do my spin on that. Because then the more healthy takeaways we get open, 
the more yeah. people then become and thinking like, oh, well, I tried that healthy take and I want to try this one. We need to get them away from that all heavily processed fast food mindset that they've got now. Otherwise, we're not going to put a dent in obesity. We do, it's just not. No, we can push exercise and fitness all we want, but if we do not make a difference the way people think about food and eating, we are fighting a losing battle. Absolutely. Yeah, you think about how many people, you know, especially during the new year, go into the gym every year, and it's like not a problem to get people to work out. Like, they'll do it. You know, you can see the same obese person in the gym day after day after day and nothing's changing it's because you know there's that nutrition side that's so like indoctrinated yeah absolutely you you know yourself how many people actually have gym memberships now and they know nothing about nutrition Mm -hmm. and those are the types of people are always sort of in and out of gyms because they don't ever see no progress because they don't take care of the nutrition and then they sort of lose motivation and oh i've made no progress i'm not going this week and then that turns into a month or two and then they'll start back up uh because they just they don't understand nutrition. And it amazes me just how many, how many gyms are not focusing, call it an upsell, call it a new, a new package, that you could actually generate more revenue for your business. Mm-hmm. So you're doing better for you and your family, but you're also doing better for your members because you've got this new kit nutrition coaching program that you can now give them. Yeah. And yeah, they might have to pay extra for it. But listen, in my town, the average person spends £10 10 English pounds per takeaway every night. That is, it's in, when you work out, it's insane. You think how much the average person spends on a takeaway every month? You know, if you work out their monthly takeaway bill. Yeah, that's crazy to me. I grew up in a household where we cooked dinner every night. And so to me, that's, whatever yeah, I think about that, I'm like, that's so crazy to me. How are you? Yeah, I had, so my, my dad's still with us. My dad's 94. Uh, Still lives on his own, still cooks his own food, uh, still exercises. He does squats at home. He does dips off the worktops, does press-ups off the worktops. We lost mum 10 years ago, sadly passed away. But I had very old parents. So when I was growing up, my parents were really old. Everything was cooked. Yeah. No, everything. There was no, no processed anything, nothing. Even as processed food started coming in with sort of supermarkets in the 80s and the fast food places, we still didn't do that. Yeah. Yeah. We need to get back to an emphasis on, on whole foods and it is expensive though. Um, for some people. No, it's because we've lost the, we've lost the, uh, the traditional butcher. We've lost the traditional, uh, fruit and veg shop. So then when you go into supermarkets and you want anything that is what people say is healthy, there's a price tag attached to it because the supermarkets don't want to sell you healthy food. You walk in any supermarket, what they're pushing. It's multicolored, it's in boxes, it's heavily processed, and they will sell you it dead cheap because that's what they make the most money on. Yeah. So for me, we have to get back to supporting local butchers. We need fruit and veg shops back. I mean, in the UK, I remember when I was a kid, there was fruit and veg shops everywhere. There's not no more. I think maybe it's in my town. I think I know there's maybe it's one. And there was loads. And they've just they've disappeared. So it's definitely yeah. Getting back to, to the gym side of things, before we wrap things up, what would you give as a piece of advice to somebody who wants to own a gym? So a lot of our listeners are, um, what would you tell them, someone who's, who's looking to open a gym, or what would you go back and tell yourself 20 years ago, if you could, about what it's like to own a gym? What it's like to own a gym? It's odd, and it's long hours in the beginning. No, yeah. I'm lucky that I actually love 
what I do. And I know everyone says that, but I genuinely love what I do because if I didn't, I would not come to work. And that's straight up the truth. Like, if I didn't love what I do, I would not do it. I'm that type of person. I had lots of business opportunities over the last 20 years to do other things. Doesn't interest me at all. I genuinely love what I do. So if you can genuinely love what you do, I don't look at coming and lifting the shutters up every day as going to work. I'm going to like, I'm going to have fun. It's, it's my playtime. I love being there. Uh, if I could get, give anyone advice to open a gym, you no, know, be passionate about what you do. You no, know, do it for the right reasons. And always, always, always be honest with people that are coming asking for your help. Don't, you no, know, go down the route of just listening to, to marketing firms about selling, selling, selling. Genuinely put the people that want help first. Because if you get great at that, trust me, you're going to have a good business model. You're going to have a profitable business model. You're not going to constantly having to be selling to get more memberships and more leads and more people through the doors. See, this is something that sort of blows my mind is I see all these gyms that are constantly advertising for new members. I'm just thinking like, where's all the members that you must have previously got? Obviously, you have a retention problem yeah. because your gym's not full and you constantly know the all advert of our, uh, see local place and I pulled 10 new men wanted 10 new men wanted I'm like well your place isn't that big to all the thousand men and yet every other week you haven't advertised for another 10 men yeah. or another 20 women yes no so if I was telling it if I was going to get, tell anyone anything it'd just be you no know, do what's right to those come and asking for help which is tell them the truth be honest with them yeah I love that I think that's super important um and thank you so much Matt with our listeners um, but before we wrap things up here, tell us where can we find you? What is your Facebook? Um, do you have an Instagram, a website? Um, share yes, all that it's, with us. it's Ian Glass Fitness. Website's ianglassfitness.com. All my socials are all Ian Glass Fitness. Uh, it's Ian Glass on my personal Facebook. It's Ian Glass, on, Ian Glass Fitness on Twitter. Uh, yeah, it's Ian Glass Fitness across all of them. Perfect. Uh, That's easy. On any Glass of them. Fitness. Perfect. Glass Fitness. Thank you so much, Ian, for being on the show today. You're welcome. Um, Enjoy really your time today um and to all of our listeners we appreciate you as well don't forget if you want to be notified about future episodes hit like and subscribe if you're interested in joining us to talk about your business model click the link in the description and we'll be in touch soon and as always until next time jim lord's out Thank you for listening to the podcast so far. Don't go anywhere. We still have another episode coming right up right after this word from one of our sponsors. The Gym Lords podcast is sponsored by Prestige Labs. Prestige Labs is the first and only nutritional supplements company built by gym owners for gym owners. Prestige Labs solves the problem that all gyms have experienced, the broken inventory model, low commissions, and even lower quality products. Prestige Labs provides 100% drop shipping, zero inventory, PhD formulated high quality supplements for you and your clients. The goal is simple, cover 100% of your rent while never sacrificing your integrity. To learn more or to become an affiliate of Prestige Labs for free, apply at affiliate.prestigelabs.com. That's affiliate.prestigelabs.com. Double your client results, double your income. You can head to affiliate.prestigelabs.com to become an affiliate for free. Now stick around for the rest of this episode. Use coupon code GYMLORDS on prestigelabs.com for 20% off all future supplement orders. What is going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords podcast. I'll be your host today. My name is Joseph, and joining me on the show is Jason from Texas Strong Fitness in Aransas Pass, Texas. 
Welcome to the show, Jason. How are you doing today, sir? Good. Good morning, guys. I'm doing good. Thank you. Good. I'm glad to hear that you are doing good over there in uh, Texas. I'm very excited to have you here on the show to uh, learn more about your gym facility. But before we dive into the nitty gritty business side of things, I'm curious, and you know, and for the listeners' understanding of your gym, um, when you first established this business or got into it, what was the vision that you had in mind for it? Uh, well, this gym got off to a really rough start. So in my town, we had a small facility here, a small gym, been there since I was 18, and Hurricane Harvey wiped them out. So uh, they were friends of mine. So they weren't going to rebuild. So I kind of learned from them a little bit how they started running their gym. And I built this one from the ground up. So it's 6,200 square feet. Uh, it was actually the old post office. So Hurricane Harvey tore this building up too. And I bought it, revamped it, and built it from the ground up kind of thing. And it was just, uh, it was actually a nightmare. So in long story short, in building it, I had a terrible roofing company come through and charge me 45 grand to fix the roof, which is fine, no problem. Uh, said it was windstorm certified, said it was fixed. And then a month later it rained, flooded my whole gym right when I got my equipment in there. So it was $145,000 worth of damages. Oh, wow. And they had insurance, but they only had residential, even though it said they had both. So I wasn't mm -hmm. covered. So I immediately lost 145 grand as soon as I started. Uh, I had my own insurance. I actually had two other insurances with the gym and neither one of them would pay because it was a contractor's fault. So uh, yeah, 145 grand in the hole. And then I believe six months later, seven months later is when COVID hit. Yep. So uh, they shut me down. I lost another 45 grand. So the gym almost didn't make its first two years. But since then, it's been steady and it's been good. It, the gym uh, actually pays for itself. So the entire building, everything will be paid off in, I think, nine years. Okay. So it's, it's not bad. Yeah. <clears throat> I'm glad to hear that uh, you are ahead of where, you know, it started with all that damage and all the, you know, financial part of stuff that, wow, that's just a lot. Holy it was God. a lot to deal with. For yeah. Sure. Wow. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, and I tried suing them and tried suing that nothing worked out. So I just basically lost 145 grand and then COVID another 45 grand. So I went in the hole 200 grand first two years wow. extra from what I was already in the hole from building. Yes. That is the reality of entrepreneurship right there. It's not always the uh, good side, but I'm curious, you know, and for the listeners understanding of what you guys do at your facility, um, why don't you give them your elevator pitch? So what kind of services do you offer to your members? Okay. So we don't do training. Or, I'm sorry. We do training. We don't do classroom settings anymore. Uh, when COVID hit, we kind of removed ourselves from the, from the training aspect as far as group class training. So we do mm -hmm. personal training. There is, uh, I have two male personal trainers plus myself and one female personal trainer. We do nutrition plans, meal plans, uh, and one-on-one -on -one sessions with our, with our trainees. Uh, the gym is 24 hour access. Um, mm -hmm. We have, Oh, I have a leg room. I have a upper body room. And then I have a giant hot box in the back or a cold box, depending where the temperature is. So it's not regulated back there in the wise. That's where all of our punching bags and battle ropes and our pegboards or everything like that is. So basically we are an open gym floor plan and it's a, a get or done kind of place. Old school, old school. So it's not the type where we roll up the garage doors and go in kind of say like mm -hmm. it was back in the eighties, but it's still that kind of mentality where everybody comes in, talks to you and has a good time, you know, and, uh, I like it better that way than your cliches, like say a planet fitness or something where everybody, you can't, you can't really do what you want to do because they have all these rules. We don't really have mm -hmm. the rule setting like that. Right. It's just, 
get her done. The only thing I don't let them do is I don't let them drop the weights. Now I, I went with polyurethane. So all my, all my plates are coated with polyurethane, which makes them stronger and more substantial for, for durability. But I still don't want the guys dropping the weights on the ground. You can break them and they cost a lot of money. And if you're not strong enough to hold the weight, you don't need the weight kind of thing. The other thing I don't let in my gym is chalk because they get it everywhere. The first year we did. And after that, we said no more. It's too much of a, a hassle to clean up. You follow mm -hmm. me? It takes too much time. With that said, my gym's not staffed. So a lot of gyms that I talked to and a lot of gym, I did a lot of research and mm -hmm. their overhead was huge. Even the uh, gym in my town I had before, their overhead, she was still paying a lot of money. She had three employees. I don't have any employees. I've got, well, I guess I do. I have one part-time employee that'll come in and clean and she'll meet people for key fobs. That's it. So my overhead is bare minimal. Okay. I also do something that I haven't seen done in a lot of gyms, which is called a, what I call a flex program. Uh, basically, because I get a lot of tourists in my town. So uh, you get a key fob. I'm sorry. You get a key fob. And the key fob will let you come in on a daily pass. Mm -hmm. So when they come up to my gym and scan in, it actually charges them $6.50 and they can work out anytime. So if they're here for the summer and come back next summer, the key fob still works mm -hmm. and automatically charges them $6.50 instead of me having to be here to give them a daily pass. Interesting. All I got to do is meet them for a key fob. So it, that saved me money as well. Yeah. And then I, uh, I know you're, you were talking about gyms and how to save money and how they promote and grow. Uh, I actually double insulated my entire gym. So the gym's 6,200 square feet. My electric bill is less than $300 a month. My house electric bill is more than my gym. Well, that is a good sign. Okay. It costs a little bit more money, but in the long run, it's going to save me a lot of money. So, and again, it's hard to get off once you first start, you know, and then mm -hmm. you never know what happens and oof, all kinds of issues. Yeah. So, in the facility, you mainly have the personal training and 24-7 open gym access. Correct. So with those two service offerings there, how many members are you serving at your facility right now? We have 204. Okay. So when, when I first opened, this was right before COVID, we got up to like 160. Yep. And the, the local gym that was here before Harvey, she had 400 at her peak. But then COVID hit us and we dropped down to like 20 members. So it was oh, wow. kind of scary. Yeah. Uh, so it took us another year and a half to recover. So we're up at 204, which is the highest we've been since we started. Okay. And we talked earlier about goals. So I'm expecting to get at least 20% more this year and keep going from there. With that said, though, I don't, I don't want the gym overpacked. Yep. So we, we, we will never go above 400 members ever. Okay. That, that way there's only 20 people, maybe 25 in the entire gym. And the gym holds about 90. Mm -hmm. okay. so they don't have to wait for equipment. Yeah. So, you know, over the next year, what is that ideal membership base for you? Define that for me. What do you mean? In terms of, well, there's like a max capacity of 400. So let's just say over the next 12 months, where do you want to be with this facility? I guess I would say that better. As far as memberships? Anything in terms of growth. Yeah, 20, up 20%. Okay. I try to do at least 20% every year. If we can get up 20%, we're doing good. And you got to find different avenues and do research in order to get up there. Because mm -hmm. some of the uh, some of the stuff just doesn't work. And when you're in a small town like mine, uh, the, the population medium income is not that, that high. So mm -hmm. I've got to pull them in. And my gym memberships are higher, about $5 higher than everybody else's. But that's mm -hmm. to keep it overpopulated. Okay. So my members that come here like it because they can actually work out. So they pay yep. the extra $5 because it's not flooded with people. Yeah. You follow okay. Me? So 
20% growth, growth of the next year. That's about 40 members in total. Correct. So divided by 12, that's about three or four members a month. So is that good for you guys? Or would you want some more people in there? Because obviously, like, not everyone's going to come in at the same time because that's just not possible. I mean, it's 24-7. <clears throat> Correct. But with that said, the growth is slow enough to where I can monitor it. Okay. If I jumped up right to 400 right now, I would have to hire help. Mm. I'd have to have to have somebody in here monitoring it, cleaning it all the time. Right now at 200 members, I clean it maybe two hours a day. But if you jump it up to 400, I'm looking at probably four hours a day. You follow me? So it's not, I'm not yeah. ready for that. So the 20% is good. Okay. Eventually, okay. yeah. One time, yeah, sure. But not right now. Yeah. So before you get to that large, I mean, you want more systems in place. So you can actually handle that. Correct. That Correct. number you, of people. If you grow too fast, you implode. Exactly. And that's with everything. It is. Um, yes. So on the marketing side of things, what are you doing to, you know, get those numbers into your facility? We use social media platforms, okay. Instagram, Snapchat, Facebook, uh, local news doesn't really work that much newspaper. Cause the, not a lot of people read the newspapers anymore. So, and then mm -hmm. the newspaper actually even got a Facebook now. So they just go there. So we use, we'll use like groups like they have a, a community ranches community group on facebook we can go there and they have mm -hmm. surrounding towns too we go in those two and then people come in from those but social okay. media seems to work the best yeah and with the social media is that on both facebook and instagram yes or okay yes. so do you do mainly organic or paid advertising on there organic okay so yeah, how is that it's only a couple times a year maybe okay so how is the social media worked out for you so far in terms of lead flow per month? Good. So, so it's not as good as say word of mouth because we're a small town, mm. but social media does bring people in, especially uh, uh, out of towners or people that have just moved here. Uh, Google also works good too. If you Google my area, my gym pops up first. It's mm. got five stars and it's more popular and everybody talks about it because it's a small town. Mm -hmm. Again, there's only 8,500 people in this town. Yeah. So, and you get about five to 10% of those people that, that'll actually come to work out. Makes sense. Mm -hmm. in, in, a, in a city, five to 10% of your people actually come to work out. And anyway, in this area. So that's based off the research I did when I first started building the gym. So if you can get 10%, that's good. <laughs> per year. Okay. I'm sorry. Yeah, but okay. I'm looking at 20% per year. Yeah. So, Doing the social media side there on the organic um, avenue. So I'm curious, let's just say someone comes into the facility or reaches out to you. What does that sales process look like to get them into a new paying member? So it's, it's, it's actually keep it simple. So KIS, keep it simple, stupid, right? Mm -hmm. So uh, when they come in, everything's booked online. I don't do anything they don't do any paperwork when they get here, nothing. So they'll go to TexasStrongFitness.net, yep. sign up online. Uh, my manager will ask them if they wish to come and see the facility before they sign up, and that's fine. They'll do a tour, tour of the facility, and then we'll sales pitch them right there to sign up kind of thing. And if we think we're going to lose them, lose that member, we'll, we'll use a special. So refer a friend, whatever, to try to get them in, military discount, whatever, to try to keep them from walking out the facility. Uh, and I don't have that many that ever walk out. Uh, again, it's a small town. So when they come to the gym, they really want to be at the gym. Mm -hmm. So it's not, it's not hard to sell a because they're coming because they want to work out kind of thing. So, and there's not, 
the closest gym like mine is 25 minutes away. Okay. So yeah. You so you try, have that yeah. good radius around your facility Correct. where you are the guy there. Correct. So in my opinion, when I built the gym in a small town, I don't have as much competition, so it's easier to maintain. Mm-hmm. If I was to build into a larger city, there's a lot more competition. So your rates have to come down. You get a lot more flooding of your gym. So you get more wear and tear on your equipment and the way it works out better for me anyway. Small mm-hmm. town. If I did it again, I'd build one in another small town. Okay. <clears throat> yeah. So it's like a streamlined process from the online side. They come in, you give them the pitch, and then if they sign up, that's awesome. If they don't, well, then you try to do kind of like a promotion thing. And they're like, come on, let's work out. Let's get you into the facility. Yeah. Um, so on the number side of things, you know, do you know what the, you know, closing percentage is? For, so let's just say 10 people come in. Out of those 10 people, how many normally turn into paying members of the facility? I lose maybe 10 people a year. Okay. So, so if I'm getting 40 people in a year, 10 of them, 10 people, 50 people, I guess 10, 5%. So five to five to 8% might leave. So out of 10, maybe one person might not sign up that month, but the rest of them all do. Okay. I so have the, very, very few walk out. Okay. So the closing rate is pretty high. Correct. And again, it's because it's a small town. Yeah. They're, yeah, because they the, want to uh, go somewhere else. They're driving twenty five minutes, and it's not even if they're saving five ten bucks. They're spending more than that on gas driving there and their time driving there. So yeah, this is not worth it in the long run. Correct. You might as well just yeah. go to this facility and work out there. Um, so I'm curious, you know, what kind of systems do you have in place to retain your members for the long term? I use a software called Gym Masters. So okay. uh, Gym Masters is out of Europe. Uh, they have it to where they can, uh, it's set up already. Well, when I first started, I set it all up. So it gives them reminders if they're not working out to tell them yep. to come in It'll email them, tell them to come in. Uh, it'll give them happy birthdays. It'll give them promotions on their birthdays too. If I want to set up a promotional thing for their, if their contract's ending and they got a birthday coming up and they want to come back in and re-sign it, it'll discount them. So there's all kinds of little niches on that gym master software that helps us out. And it's all, it's also got a texting system to where I can reach out and call them and text them and, mm-hmm. and bring them back in. And I keep most of the contracts open-ended, meaning that at the end of 12 months, it just rolls on until they're done until mm-hmm. they want to leave or go somewhere else or they move away or whatever. Mm-hmm. So the initial so, contracts, 12 months open-ended. So is that kind of like a gym management software? Correct. Okay. So how long have you used them for? Since I opened. Oh, okay. I've been with Master since I opened. Uh, <clears throat> I think I looked at two or three, and they're out of Europe, so there's a, a time difference when I want to talk to them or need something, but they're mm-hmm. very polite, very professional, and they, they help me within eight hours or whatever I need. So, mm-hmm. And I don't really have much issues with them. They're, they're a pretty good system, uh, and it's less than $200 a month, so four members okay. pay for it. Yeah, that that's good to hear that it's not yeah. you know extremely expensive per month and you're not you're not, you're not getting like return on it. So that's good to hear. Um, so I want to ask you this question here because it's gonna get you thinking and also it's you know a harder question. So right now in the business, Jason, what do you think is the biggest bottleneck that is holding you back from getting to that next level of business? So that twenty percent more members over the next year. Uh, in my small town, it's a, uh, <laughs> I have local issues. So uh, city official issues. Um, I had 
I had the city come into my building. They're supposed to do a fire inspection, which is fine. They do them every, they do them biannual. And they actually came into my building behind a member without my permission. So it was a fourth amendment right violation. So I brought that up to city council and they basically been retaliating against me since March. So they've basically raided my gym one, two, three, four, five times this year for inspections. And that cost members. So members see police officers coming to your gym and yeah, it's pretty bad. So it's a, uh, it's going to be a big civil lawsuit thing with my town, but it's a small town. So the corruption's bad and that hurts my gym facility, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. But to change that, I'm going to run for mayor this year and have them all fired and we'll fix the whole, the whole system and it'll be better. But yes, it's okay. uh, pretty, pretty corrupt in my town. Okay. There's actually, a, there's actually a plethora of YouTube videos about the city officials in this town and what goes on. Crazy. Interesting. So inside the business, what is that controllable that is the bottleneck? Because obviously you can't control if, you know, cops are coming in and all that stuff. But what is that one controllable within the business that you think could improve over the next 12 months or so? Uh, that'll have to be new equipment. So my equipment's now three years old. Uh, I do try to buy at least one machine every year, but I'd like to buy at least two or three this year. Mm -hmm. uh, new machine, new equipment keeps your old members. And it also brings attentive to new members when they see something new out there. And I'm kind of looking into your millennial technology, which would be like your wall mount systems that have the led lights that for punching, whatever that might bring in some of my millennials. Uh, my average age group right now, I think is around 40 years old is my highest. Mm -hmm. So my millennials are actually lower, but the millennials would rather go to a, drive to 25 minutes, pay $10 a month. You follow me? Yeah. They don't understand in the long run how much money that's actually costing them. So yeah, I'm hoping to do something like that and try to catch their eye and bring those guys into females in too. Okay, cool. I'm uh, excited to see where you, uh, you know, bring this business and I'm, and I'm curious, you know, let's just bring you back, you know, two, four years now uh, when you open this gym facility, Jason, what is that? one piece of advice that you'd give your younger self in this gym business moving forward? Oh, that would definitely be researcher contractors more, right? Just to get started off. So if you're building from the ground up, make sure they have builders risk and make sure they have liability insurance before they start building anything in your facility. Make sure the building risk is documented for commercial. Mm -hmm. So you don't get beat up like I did. Uh, as, Besides the contractor issues, though, uh, I did get beat up with COVID, which was. Everyone did. It was crazy. Oh, okay. But with that said, we all could have stood our ground and kept businesses open if we all worked together and did that. But we decided yeah. to let them shut us down. Mm -hmm. So going forward, they would never shut me down again, if that makes sense. They don't, I would I would never do it. There was a lady in Dallas that was a uh, she's a hairstylist and she's she's made almost seven million dollars because she was one of the first businesses in texas that refused to shut down i wanted to do that before her but my wife at the time wouldn't let me so i wish i wouldn't have listened to her but yeah she kept her doors open she wound up going to jail for a little while but they bonded her out and the community bonded her out and they raised enough money to make her a multi-millionaire because of what she did so stand your ground don't let them there shut you, you down yeah don't uh don't move to the side and just you know stick to who you are as a person really Agreed. Yeah, that's awesome, Jason. And Jason, I think that's a great place to start to wrap things up in this episode. But before we sign off, where can our listeners find you on your social medias and your website? Uh, Texas Strong Fitness. So the website is texasstrongfitness.net. Any social media platforms, Texas Strong Fitness. 
And uh, I've been in business, I guess, since March 2019. So I hope to keep this facility up and running for at least 30 years. I'm going to give it mm -hmm. to my kids as the goal. And like I said, yeah. it's paid off in nine years. So they can just, they'll have uh, income for the rest of their lives, basically. So it's a, it's a good deal. I recommend y'all try it and do it. And uh, small towns is the way to go. Unless yeah. you've got the capital to take on a big city. But small towns is better. Start small and then progressively go larger. Yeah, and then you learn all the stuff that could happen to you, you know? Mm -hmm. Just through yeah. the experiences of being a gym owner, basically. Correct. Yeah. Correct. That is awesome, Jason. Thank you for sharing that. And again, I want to yes, thank sir. you for hopping on the, uh, on the show today and, you know, contributing to our listeners. Um, and to everyone else who tuned in today, we appreciate you as well. And don't forget, if you want to be notified about our future episodes, hit the like and subscribe button. And if you're interested in joining us to talk about your gym business, Click the link in the description, fill it out, and our team will be in touch with you very, very soon. And as always, until next time, Jim Lords out. Thank you so much for listening. If you found this content valuable, here's four ways we can help you grow your gym for free. One, grab a free copy of Alex Ramosi's best-selling book, Gym Launch Secrets, at alexsbook.com. Two, join our free Facebook group at alexsgroup.com. Three, if you're a gym owner, you can apply to be on the podcast by emailing us at podcast at gymlaunch.com. Four, leave us a five-star review so we can gain access to more gym owners and bring those lessons back to you. And as always, tap that button and subscribe to this podcast for more.